Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, uh, episode 16. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business, and tonight we've got a full house. We've got Alex, we've got Beck, and we've got Stacey. Guys, let's get straight into it, because we love our NFL football, and, well, week four delivered. Uh, guys, straight into our takeaways from week four. Stacey, going to start with you. What was your What was your big takeaway from, from, uh, from the weekend? Mac Jones is legit a thing. Um, it was... I mean, I, I wore my, my Patriots jersey um, that day because I was standing in solidarity for all Patriots fans who didn't quite know how to feel um, during the game. But Mac Jones did such a great job. He was so composed and he was just making throws that you probably didn't expect him to make. You know, 19 consecutive completions, which was a Tom Brady record um, as well. Like, you know, I just super impressed by Mac Jones and, and kind of excited about to see where his ceiling's going to end up. Yeah, it's uh, you know one of the one of the great things about supporting a team is when they surprise you. I, I think we had a bit of a uh, a bit of a giggle uh, in the last episode about hey, how bad is this going to get? Because you know there's a lot of limitations with our football team at the moment. I'm sitting back just being like, who is this kid? You know, like he's not doing anything flashy. He's not throwing the football, you know, very far down the field. But you know that composure under the most pressure again uh, stays that. Uh, that's pretty exciting for us Patriots fans. Uh, for me, um, a similar type of vein, the roller coaster ride of these rookie quarterbacks. I mean, um, you know, a lot of people have been bagging Zach Wilson and the New York Jets because the Jets are going to jet. But, you know, Zach Wilson, he's got that arm talent. We've spoke about it in previous episodes, and he started to show that at the back end of that game. So, you know, hopefully people can see that this kid is talented. He's just in a bad football team. And who knows, um, again, as a Patriots supporter, I love the struggle, but yeah, good to see a kid, um, you know, flash um, some of his skill. Beck, what about yourself? Um, I'm going back to Monday Night Football and Justin Herbert. Having to deal with that 35-minute game delay at the start of the game, like they've come out, they've warmed up, they're ready to go, and then they're back in the locker rooms. 35 minutes later, he's back out. The crowd in his home stadium is booing him because, you know, it's, LA's old home ground they're coming back so all these Raider Nation fans have come out to show support for the Raiders and he's gone in that first drive driven the team down scored a touchdown and then continued to score uh, throw three more touchdowns for 220 yards not to mention the Chargers defense as well holding the Raiders out to a zero score in the first half I was um I was quite impressed with that Chargers team yeah, yeah I mean we've been following the Chargers for a while and they just do these weird ways of losing football games and you know, what we've always said is if they found a way to win those close games, they, they, they'd near go undefeated because, you know, they've always had the talent uh, and then add on top of that a generational talent at quarterback. It's pretty special. And look, just quickly, Alex, before I get yours, let's have a bit of a laugh at that new stadium. So, you know, one of the things that does hurt a little bit is when you budget 3 to $4 billion for a new stadium, it blows out to double that. And then it can't exactly handle a little bit of rain. That was, uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a concern there in LA. But uh, Alex, to be fair, I think they said that the chances of lightning happen are less likely than an earthquake in LA. So I don't think they had in mind lightning storms happening when they were building this stadium. 
That's uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty pretty funny. Uh, Alex, what what about yourself? Um, yeah, a lot of up and down performances. Um, you know, there's, there's still you know a lot of teams are trying to find their way. But uh, talk to us about yours. Yeah, no, I think coming into week four, I think sometimes you kind of go these these teams are kind of going to end up in the playoffs. And I think we've been surprised. Like, I mean, who said, who, like, the Cardinals are kind of the only team going 4 0 right now. So that's good for them. For me, I got to give props to the Bears for this kind of comeback. Um, I'm going to be a little critical on it. I think their second half wasn't as great as their first. I think the defense held them in the game. Justin Fields had a much better game. And I think Matt Nagy needs to stay off the play calling. Okay. Because he just, like, you watch him in the Browns game. And he's the one calling the shots there. And Justin Fields throws for a yard and doesn't even like run with the ball. And you know, Alex, the the, the ego of it as well. It's like you know, you know, he doesn't want to admit the fact that he's not calling plays because it hits the. I mean, it's just. Uh, Anyway, you've got a little bit of a, a lovely mess on your hands. I say lovely because you, you have a couple of little bits of talent there. But uh, look, Chicago is going to be another roller coaster ride that we're all going to uh, be following with you and sometimes poking fun at you as well. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment tonight the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this week on The Breakdown, as always, we have a couple of feature games for you, and these are two absolute blockbusters both in the NFC and the AFC. Guys, let's start in the NFC because we have the LA Rams coming up against the Seattle Seahawks, a personal favorite team of yours, Beck. Uh, let's throw it straight to you because, again, we, we talk about some of the inconsistencies from the start of the year, but this will be a big test for Seattle. Massive test. I think this is probably going to be our hardest. Even though the Cardinals are 4-0 in our division, I think the Rams are definitely going to be our tough, toughest game coming up against them. Um, hopefully we can ride this high coming off the back of a division win against the Niners last week. Um, it's not the best we've played ever. Um, we started really slowly last week. Um, we had a couple of turnovers on defense that I think lifted us up and got us through the end. Um, Russell Wilson, obviously doing Russell Wilson things, running in for a touchdown, scrambling out of the pocket, throwing touchdowns and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how we show up against the Rams defense. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see who shows up as far as this Ram game is concerned. You know, I, I, what's interesting is that Russell Wilson has never lost three games in a row. So I guess in, in that works to his favor, you know, but we were talking about this earlier. You look at the stats of that Seattle game and there's no way they should have won. If you if stats, you know, win you a game, you know, when 49ers are throwing, you have 429 total yards and you've only got 230 something, you know, that's a significant difference. Um, but also that O-line in front of Wilson sacked three times in the first half alone. Like that's a, that's a big number for them for kind of an offense that never really seemed to kind of struggle, I guess, in that front. Um, but yeah, yeah like, I, I, I'd be interested to see who kind of picks up this this game against the Rams. Stacey, who shows up? dig into the Seahawks because they just seem so unbalanced at the moment. I mean, they're unable to run the football. Their defense is, you know, we, we've spoken about at length that their, their defense is nowhere near where it used to be in the past. 
Alex is right. The O-line's starting to collapse. I mean, you know, it's kind of Russell Wilson or nothing at the moment. So, Stace, that that puts them in a bit of a vulnerable spot coming into a game against a team who, you know, had a bit of an embarrassing loss last week. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I'm really actually looking forward to the DK and Jalen Ramsey matchup. Um, I think they're both, uh, you know, they're both called beef because Ramsey's a shit talker and DK's just massive. Um, so I think, you know, it's definitely going to be a, a Russ and DK kind of game. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, in terms of their receiving, like their, their running back situation, they need to fix that um, because the Rams are weak against a run, right? So they need to figure out what's going on there. But, uh, you know, the Rams, you know, line or the Seattle's linebackers need help as well. So, I mean, neither neither team right now is in a good place with their linebackers. Um, you know, and Russ is going to need some help. I mean, Chris Carson goes all right. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I want to see a little bit more of Tyler Lockett. But, uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring, to be fair. Yeah, I agree. I'm, uh, I'm with you. That. It's just right now watching the Seahawks, I wouldn't imagine that they were kind of like third or bottom of their division. You know, like this is this is an interesting Seahawks team this season. And you're right. Russell Wilson needs some help and he needs help in that run game because he can't always be the one running the ball because he's going to have people tailing and chasing him. I want to see Jamal Adams do a little bit more. I feel like he is someone that is a big defensive player. You know, he's getting paid seventy point five million dollars a year and he's kind of quiet. You know, but I, I wonder if this is the move they did where they kind of, you know, didn't want him to to rush as much. They didn't want to blitz as much. I mean, he he led as a defensive back. He had 9.5 sacks last year. Like, that's a substantial amount. And this year he's not getting any touches on the quarterbacks. I actually like our linebacker core. I like that these young guys are coming up and making plays and that Bobby Waggett's leading them. I think it's our D-line that's really suffering. And that's why... Adams isn't getting through and making those sacks and getting hits in the quarterback like we want him to because the D-line aren't doing the work up front. They're not calling for double teams and those kind of things for the O-line to block so that they're all one-on-one matches and, you know, Jamal Adams just isn't a lineman, so he's not going to get through untouched or, you know, with a um, swappy thingy, whatever. I can't think of what that's called at the moment. But, yeah, yeah. but on the other side of the ball, I totally agree. We need to get a run game going. Our O-line definitely needs to pull something out to start opening up some gaps and give Carson some space to make some yards because, yeah, Russell Wilson can't keep doing it. And these DBs on the Rams side are definitely going to cut off some of our receivers and they're not going to get open and we're not going to be able to throw the long bombs and make big yard plays um, against these DBs. Yeah, look, definitely one to watch because, you know, an interesting stat for Seattle is that in terms of, you know, defensive yards conceded, they are the worst in the league. So, um, you know, if you think about, you know, some of the hard coaching that these professionals get, can you imagine what the film room is going to be like in Seattle? I mean, those those coaches are going to be tearing strips off those players because it's one thing to kind of have a bad game here or there. When you are dead last uh, in something as important as, uh, as, as defending, it's, uh, yeah, look, it's something that they definitely need to address. And if they don't, they're going to find out the hard way against LA. Let's jump over now to the LA Rams because, guys, I, I think this is this is very similar to, I, I guess, you know, uh, a bit of an analogy is you go out, you have a big party, amazing night, best memories of your life, Instagram, Facebook, all the rest of it. 
you're not so keen to go out and back that up and do that the next night. Well, that's exactly the same as the LA Rams. They came out, they had a massive emotional win over Tampa. They weren't able to back it up. They thought they could just roll out the same sort of team and it would happen. Um, Alex, I'm going to go to you on this one. I don't think it's panic stations for LA, but it's just a bit of a timely reminder that you can't just roll out and win an NFL game. No. Um, and, you know, I yes, it's kind of, you kind of come off those big games, you know, kind of inflated and you're good and everyone's kind of confident. There's a little bit of swagger coming into it. And I think sometimes that can be a little bit of a downfall, if you will, because I think beating the likes of Tampa and beating a big team you know, sometimes for some teams that can be like your Super Bowl moment, if you will. And that's like your big game of the season and everyone kind of throws it all into that game. And then they forget that, okay, you've got week five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> like you still got weeks to go. Like your season's not done. You haven't gone out on this big, you know, flashy win. Um, but I mean, their offense is, is fourth in passing. So they're doing something right there, you know, and, and I really like um, Cooper Cup. I think he's been someone that has really, really stepped up. And he's someone that Matthew Stafford just that connection between the two of them is just kind of sound. And he just seems to be that first person that Stafford's kind of hitting every time he wants, he wants a receiver and a receiver that's going to be consistent and get him those catches in those yards. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Cooper cop, I think is showing to be one of the best receivers in the league at the moment. And him and Matt Stafford are just making such a great connection with their passes. But I think this week we might see more of a run game from these Rams because they have been sticking to that traditional pass game the last few weeks and it didn't quite work for them against the Cardinals last week. So they might actually um, run on us this week, which we've seen in the past Seattle gave up way too many yards against the Titans and Derrick Henry. So if you know, they see that and they think that um, our defense and the run is weak, then I think we might see more of that from the Rams. All right, guys. Well, let's jump in with our predictions for this one. I guess I'm going to jump in straight off. I mean, this one's screaming to me a comprehensive win from the LA Rams, which makes me second guess myself. And that's because these guys are, well, that they, they operate in the same division and, and that kind of throws form out the window, you know, anytime you're coming up against division rival, it's just a little bit different. So I'm still going to go the Rams, but I actually think this is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people are thinking. I know the Seahawks are pretty big underdogs in this one, but yeah, Rams just, um, Alex, your thoughts on this one? Um, it's kind of based off last game for the Seahawks. Sorry, Beck. I'm going to go with the Rams on this one, just because the amount of yardage they gave up in the air as far as passing. And I think when you've got the Rams, you have a better passing game um, right now. And I think maybe Seattle is probably a little too injury, injury plagued kind of in those key receiving positions. Uh, I see the Rams taking this one up. Stacey, what about yourself? NFC West, these games are really important. Just a quick note too, on that crazy blown coverage on Debo Samuel last week by Seattle Seahawks. Let's just say if you do that against the LA Rams, things are not going to end well for you. But putting that aside, a massive rival clash. Uh, who are you predicting in this one? I'm going to go with Beck. I'm going to go with the with Seahawks on this one, actually, funnily enough. And I actually think it's going to come down to the battle of the alpha males between DK and Jalen Ramsey. So kind of excited to watch that one. Yeah, love it. All right, Beck, give it to us. Why are Seattle, why, yeah, why are Seattle going to win this one? Well, hopefully they're watching film and defense is learning from their mistakes and that coverage will never be blown again. But also looking at Russell Wilson's last 10 Thursday night games, he has won nine out of those 10 games. 
on a Thursday night. Not to mention that it's a home game and we're wearing our fluoro green color rush. So I think that that's going to get us over the line against these Rams. All right. Game will be nine out of 11. Let's see how they go. Go Hawks, I guess. Well, uh, all right, guys. Well, let's jump over now to another clash. Um, as we teased earlier, this one is in the AFC. And, you know, you, you, you circle this game at the start of the season because you've got the Kansas City Chiefs, who we, we, we know who they are. We know what they're about. But there's this team in Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills, who are emerging. They're slowly building themselves up. And a lot of people sort of peg them as being genuine contenders this year. Um, Alex, I'm going to throw this one straight to you because... There's a lot to unpack here because whilst we we are very much excited about this game, it's probably these two teams are probably not where they wanted to be um, at this point in the season. No, I don't think the Chiefs are where they definitely thought they'd be, nor where they want to be. Um, the Bills, I think, first week was kind of a wake up call um, for them, um, but it's the AFC Championship rematch. Like, I, I think if you're kind of looking at exciting games throughout the season, this is one of them. Last year, Kansas ran for 245 yards and passed for 325 against the Bills. Now, that was with kind of a not-so-great defense and kind of Josh Allen kind of leading the way as far as offense and defense goes. So with the new kind of reformed defense that they have, I mean, like this defense is shutting teams out. Their margin of win is 118 to 21 in just the first four weeks. Like, you, I haven't seen it, and you kind of look at stats and stuff, and there probably hasn't been a defense this good since the Ravens in 2000 who had Ray Lewis on their on their team at that time. Um, so they're three and one, which is, you know, good. They've allowed 11 points per game, and they've posted 12 sacks and 11 takeaways. Like, this is a solid defense coming in, and that's why they're kind of ranked number one coming to week five. Becca, uh, to, to Alex's point, that, that it's definitely an interesting one because we've just come off – talking about Seattle's struggles, you know, one of the worst defensive units there at the moment. And then uh, Alex is exactly right. You know, they're, they're top three in, in almost every category when it comes to defense. And it's interesting too, because when you think of Buffalo, everyone wants to talk about the quarterback and we will talk about him shortly, but you know, everything runs through that defense at the moment in Buffalo. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up how terrible Seahawks defense is again, by the way. Um, <laughs> it is. I don't think anyone expected uh, the Bills defense to be this good like I was not expecting Bill's defense to come out and ball out and shut offenses down and have you know be leading the lead the league in week four um but defense wins games right like we look at all these high-powered offenses that don't necessarily have the strong defenses to back it up and they're not winning the Bills are winning with this defense and because we can't go an episode without talking about the Bears, I know I've already talked about the Bears, but um, the last time that a team went kind of with two shutouts in the first four rounds was the 85 Bears. Now they went to win a Super Bowl, and that defense was sound. So I, when you look at history and stats on their side right now, they're looking pretty good. I mean, it could be an overreaction Super Bowl champs, but, you, you know, that that's a good stat to back you when they went two teams in the last 50 years to have – while scoring 35 points and more. So, I mean, when you think about it too, like the defense has already had, what, is it two shutouts this season already? Like that's impressive to start with. But, uh, you know, I love, I love um, Micah Hyde. Uh, he's just so fantastic to watch. Um, I've been following him for a couple of years. And Cam Lewis is actually surprisingly good. He's, he doesn't get as much of a bigger rap as he deserves, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, their defense is is beast. And, uh 
yeah, they're definitely carrying, not carrying because Josh Allen is completely capable, but they're definitely making it hard for them not to be in a high-ranking playoff contention, that's for sure. I, I agree, and I think what's good about the Bills right now is their offense is working and their defense is working, and I think when that happens, it takes that pressure off the offense and it takes that pressure off the quarterback. And I think right now that's where Kansas city is lacking. Mahomes is trying to kind of pick up Kansas and do it himself with, you know, Kelsey and his receivers and, and, and Hilaire even had, you know, probably his first good game in, in a while. But I think when the bills are doing what they're doing on defense, they're doing what they're doing on offense. Everything's clicking right now for the bills. And I just, they're on kind of like a steamroll right now. And I don't know where, you stop them. And I think coming into this game, when you look at kind of stats and you look at kind of reports on the game, you know, last year they couldn't really, you know, Kansas city had an answer for everything the bills threw out, which is why they were able to pull off that win. And I think it's kind of been reversed ever so slightly. If you kind of look at the previews going into the game, that the bills have now shifted and they might have an answer for what Kansas city try and throw out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Alex, it's a good point there where you talk about balance because that's where that's something that's been most impressive about Buffalo is that they are a very balanced team. If we now move over to their opponents, the Kansas City Chiefs, Alex, the, the, the question I've got for you is the opposite of that. Have we ever seen a more unbalanced football team in the NFL? I, I mean, I don't know what I'm watching here. I mean, we know Patrick Mahomes, we know Kelsey, we know the amazing things the offense can do. Not to say they're running the ball particularly well, by the way, either, but okay, great, that's fantastic. But this defense, I mean, it is an absolute dumpster fire. We haven't seen anything like this for a very long time. No, and I think what's hard with, you know, and we talked about it earlier on in the podcast when we were kind of talking about the Chiefs, is, you know, they plugged the holes from the year before, but I think the Chiefs have kind of gone on the last two years, have gone on a pretty good run where they've just been winning and winning and winning. So it hasn't really exposed those weaknesses that they do have. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked about in a previous podcast, their their rush defense was not changed at all in the offseason. They didn't do anything to bolster that. And they didn't really do much to bolster their secondary either. Now that's, great and all to put all the money on your O-line and the O-line seems to be standing up better than it has last year, which is great. So it obviously shows that that's working, but you kind of neglected 50% of your game. I think we've seen the Chiefs build and build and build to a peak and their peak was the Super Bowl and getting back to the Super Bowl. And every other team is like building and building and building to get better. But because the Chiefs have hit their peak, they're not building anymore and they're not improving. They're just kind of like plateauing and happy where they are because they have Patrick Mahomes who's going to win games for them and, you know, he's this amazing quarterback who throws the ball and runs the ball, but it's clearly not working for them. So they need to work on keep building. That that secondary is also getting them in the red zone. Like that is a key, key area where you need to be absolutely solid. And right now they're fifth worst in the league because they're allowing 79% of touchdowns to be completed in the, in the red zone. Like that is an area where as a defense, you should be going, this is not where they get a completion. So I don't know. And what do you do? It's definitely, yeah. Like I said, I I, I don't know what I'm watching. It's, 
Uh, they need to have a good hard look at themselves. But this isn't a this isn't a one off you know one week thing that they have been awful the entire season. But on offense, you know they they lead in most categories. It's it's absolutely amazing as we as we come to expect. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, tip this one: the Bills and the Chiefs. Look, uh, you know, just a bit of a disclaimer. I haven't tipped against the Chiefs in a very, very long time. In fact, Stacey lectures me on it because I, I, I sort of fall into that trap that, oh, look, Pat Mahomes, if they score, score 40, they'll score 50, you know, with Pat. Um, so Stacey doesn't really understand my uh, my commitment there to the Chiefs, but I'm going to do it. I'm jumping off the bandwagon for this one. I just, you know, you can't keep doing it. You can't keep, you know, trying to outscore the, these rubbish defenses. So for me, I'm going to go Buffalo. Uh, Beck, what about yourself? Who's your tip in this one? Yeah, I'm going with you too. I'm going to pick a balanced team with a strong defense over, you know, an imbalanced team any week. Also, I think the Chiefs are the favorites in this game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to be quite an interesting game. I think it's going to be a super high scoring game. I think there's going to be lots of touchdowns, lots of scoring plays in this game. Um, But I think the Bills are going to be the ones to take it out. Alex? Um, This one's, I think this is going to be a really good game. I'm really excited for this game. I mean, you kind of look at some stats to go eight, Josh Allen has eight turnover-worthy plays, and he's one behind rookie Lawrence's and Zach Wilson. So that's not a great stat to have against him. But Mahomes, who's like the big play guy, right, when we kind of watch him, he's only had five big-time throws in the first four weeks, and he's tied for 23rd. So that's kind of his bread and butter. I don't think they have the run game. I think Hilaire is going to have a very quiet game um, this game based on that rush defense that the Bills have, and I think – the Bills are just firing on all cylinders. I think their defense is a whole lot better. So I'm going to go Bills on this one. And Stace? Yeah. Look, this is going to be super high scoring, and and I'm pretty confident that you'd be hitting the over if you're going to punt on something like this. And I'm actually so glad that you're not taking the Chiefs this week. So glad. Um, but, again, it's going to come down to, like, you know, we both we know that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are just these amazing quarterbacks. But Josh Allen, obviously, with the balance – that they have around the bills at the moment, his, his arm strength is just unparalleled. Like, uh, you know, they call him, they say it's an easy gas, right? He's just got this super light touch on a ball, which means that the receiver is coming in nice. It's soft. You just want to cradle it like a baby. And, and like what receiver doesn't want that. Um, so he, I don't think he's going to get much pressure. I think he's going to be able to throw as much as he likes. Um, and I think it's going to be pretty high going. So I'm going with the bills. All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we race through the remaining games uh, of Week Five, and again, we've got some. Well, we've got some amazing games. Uh, Alex, do you want to jump in with with your block? Uh, again, there's a there's a, a, you know there's just so much inconsistency uh, in in the competition at the moment. Uh, very difficult to pick, but uh, yeah, do your best. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we've been surprised like week in and week out by all these teams, especially with our picks. You know, we always keep texting each other, going, "Oh my gosh." my pick is about to lose oh wait no they don't like there's just like the sense of <laughs> up and down that we've had for the last four weeks um so yeah my first game falcons jets um first international game it's being played in london so there's no home crown advantage here which i don't think you know sways either side to be perfectly honest i don't think their fans really come into play <laughs> that much like they do probably in some divisions i think with the jets having a few key players out potentially 
with week five and the Falcons just having a better run game and, and Cordell Patterson, who also had a good receiving game in week four, I think he's going to be a tough player for them to kind of stop. Um, but that being said, I do think the Falcons have receivers outside of him that they can utilize as well if they do pick up on Patterson. So I see the Falcons coming out on top of this one just because I think the Jets had a lucky win, to be honest with you. And I think the Falcons are kind of – they're doing good things and they're progressing. And I think they're kind of in for, in for that win. And I think it, it'll be, be a good one against the Jets. Um, Texans, Patriots. I mean, oy, the Texans. Like, we, <laughs> we had a moment at the beginning of the season where we were like, oh, they're going to be pretty bad. And they actually kind of went, no, no, we're not going to be that bad. And then, you know, people kind of got got excited. But, yeah, this this backup quarterback for the Texans, no, no. No, no, he's just, they just, they're just struggling. And I think they're just struggling to find what's working for them. Their run's not really working. Their offense isn't great. I mean, their defense isn't good either. It's just, you know, and the Pats kind of coming off the game that they had. However, they did have a negative one rush yard in that game. <laughs> but that's not really the Patriots' bread and butter. So, you know, we'll, can't can't fault them for that, um, but I think Mac Jones is just going to come out and and have kind of a lights out game against the Texans. Um, Vikings Lions, ooh. ooh 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 ooh, I do not know. And this is the thing with the Lions and commentators said it all throughout their game is you get a one half Lions and a second half Lions and and it it depends who you're going to get. If you get a first half Lions, it's great then you might win the first half. If you get a Lions team that isn't, you're going to lose the first half. So Lions have to be consistent. But, you know, and I think the Vikings didn't look as bad against the Browns because the Browns just did not play well at all, in my opinion. I think Baker Mayfield had a bad game, and I think the Vikings are going to look to kind of bounce back. Um, So for me, I got Vikings on this one. Um, And then Panthers-Eagles. Donald leading the league in in quarterback rushing touchdowns. Like he's found his kind of niche that I think I think there. Um I just with the Eagles offense ranked eighth and the Panthers ranked thirteenth. Uh Panthers have a better defense. Oy, oy, oy. This might be my underdog for the week, and I'm going to pick the Eagles. I'm going to go Eagles against the Panthers and win this one. And some people are probably looking at me going, that's nuts, but I think I, I do think the Eagles are slightly better. I think the Panthers are trying to find their footing a little bit with um uh McCarthy McCaff- with uh, the running back out. Yeah, McCaff- McCaffrey's um, out and, and Chubb uh yeah, Chubb yeah. Hubbard's in at the moment. Yeah. Chubb no, Hubbard. And I, and I guess your your tip there in Philly, I mean look, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, he's uh he's been killing it in fantasy. Uh maybe he actually kills it in the proper NFL game and leads them to victory. But uh, look, few issues. No, I like, I like the bravery, Alex. That's what we asked for here. We, we look for bold takes. Um, Stace, all right, jump into your block now. Oh, yes. So my first block, I've got, uh, I've got the Washington football team versus the Saints. Now, if anyone can work out what these two teams are doing, can someone please let me know? Cause I just, I just don't know which team you're going to get on the day. Um, you know, Saints are inconsistent on offense. Washington's defense is supposed to be really good, but sometimes it's really not. Um, but I think it's going to be tight, and I, I'm going to take Washington just because I think Jameis is going to have a bad day. But, I mean, I'm purely, purely just saying that because it's entirely possible. Um, 
Next game I've got is Jags versus the Titans. And I thought that Lawrence actually had did a really great job against the Bengals. He sort of he kind of found himself a little bit, got a little bit of confidence, got a little bit of swagger up. Um, and it's going to be my underdog pick. So I'm going to take the Jags over the Titans. I just don't think, I mean, and this all comes down to whether the Titans have their two best receivers, um, you know, back with uh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Are this close to winning a game? Like, I know, and that's my feeling, right? That's my feeling. Consistency. They can't consist. Like they just, they just, they fall. Like, but every week it feels better. But since week one to where they are now, I think the Jags are considerably better. So I think they are. And the like Jags defense isn't bad. The, Jag, the Jags defense is actually starting to surprise me. I'm seeing like glimpses of that, like that 2017 run that you know was just amazing from them. And you know, I I feel like they could stop Derrick Henry. I know I've said it on the podcast before, but that that no one can stop Derrick Henry. But I actually think that the Jags probably could. Um, yes, I'm taking the Jags as my underdog. And then uh, I've got Bucks versus Dolphins, and um, I feel sorry for poor little Tua. I mean. Tom Brady's just kind of going to rip him to shreds because he ain't going to be happy about, you know, the game against the Patriots. He, he kind of, and, you know, that game was just fascinating to watch from all sides of the story. But um, I think he's just going to put a ton of points on and they're heavy favourites anyway. So I've, I've got the Bucks. Dan, what do you got? Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to jump into my block now. And I've got the Cincinnati Bengals coming up against the Green Bay Packers. Now, there is a lot of support for the Bengals in this game, and and I just I, I've I've looked at both teams, I've I've studied the tape, I've looked at their both performances, and I still can't work out how you know basically there's just so many people who are who are tipping the Bengals on this one. I'm going to go the Packers um, just because of the Aaron Rodgers factor. I mean we. We knew that, uh, you know, this season was either going to go one way or the other. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think the best thing that happened to him was that embarrassing first week loss. That just lit a fire underneath him. And he, he's just one of those guys. He's just got that arrogant swagger. Um, he loves ev- that everyone doubted him. And he's, uh, yeah, he's been able to sort of pull things back. But, um, yeah, look, keep an eye on the Bengals. Really impressed with Joe Burrows. I just think that... You know, there's still a couple of seasons away from adding a little bit more to that football team to better support him. Uh, the Bengals are cheap. Hopefully, they can uh, start to spend some money to support this young guy because, wow, he, he certainly looks to be a footballer. All right, guys, and the next one I've got is the Pittsburgh Steelers up against the Denver Broncos. Watching the Steelers play is one of the most painful uh, experiences that you will experience in watching sports at the moment. Uh, they cannot move the football at the moment. And it's look, it, it is sad because, you know, you don't want to be too harsh on Big Ben because he's been an amazing player. But, you know, at the end of the day in professional sports, you know, you talk about a guy finishing up a year too early rather than a year too late. Big, Big Ben has gone uh, certainly a year too too late there. Uh, in, in terms of Denver, things are a little bit tricky there with the quarterback position, but I still think that they'll get the job done. Uh, They've got a cracking defense there. A lot of injuries, though. Uh, They are stacking up eight, nine injuries. But for me, I I just, yeah, I I couldn't tip the Steelers at the moment. So I'm going to go the Broncos to my underdog tip of the week. And to round it off, well, we have a we have an amazing clash. This is going to be an absolute beauty. I know that Alex, well, she's she's uh, excited for all Chicago games, but uh, Las Vegas Raiders coming up against the Chicago Bears. Look, I, I think this is a little bit of uh, well poor timing for the Bears because the Raiders, you know, coming up against 
the charges, that loss, you know, this is the John Gruden experience. His teams are all over the place. They are up, they are down, they show signs that they could win a Super Bowl, and the next week they certainly struggle. Which team are we going to get this week? I don't know, but with Derek Carr and the form that he's in, uh, yeah, for me, I think I think the Raiders get the job done there. All right, Beck, f- finish this out. Yeah, four games I got this week, starting with the Chargers and the Browns. This is such a close game. Like, I was looking at the stats for both these teams, who's the favourite coming in, and it's like a 50-50 split. Like, I I just can't pick it with Justin Herbert coming off that awesome win um, and leading the team to, you know, take out the 3-0 and Raiders and then, you know, on the other side of the field, Baker Mayfield, who's come in and he's playing decent football. I don't think it's his best football, but it's not bad. Um, yeah, I just, this one's a super tough one. I think I'm going to go with the Chargers. I, I think, though, I think, though, so you said that Baker May- Mayfield isn't playing a great game. It's because his IQ, like he's just making smarter decisions, right? It's finally like he's grown into his football brain. Um, so the fact that he's plateaued a little bit right now is just setting him up to to skyrocket. So, me, I mean, me, me and Alex, are, we we want to see that that last before, that was the worst of his career. But what I liked about it is he didn't need anyone to tell him that. Like he came out in the press conference and yeah, um, used some uh, language that we we probably can't get broadcasted with. But uh, yeah, he knows that that was absolute trash. His last performance, so he's probably uh, keen for a bit of a comeback there. All right, Beck, who have you got in that one? Because yeah, agree that's going to be a blockbuster. Yeah, I'm picking the Chargers. I feel like I've been back in the Chargers since that episode where Stasis said, don't sleep on them. Justin Herbert, um, Austin Eckler are going to come out and perform. And I've backed them nearly every week. I think I've picked the Chargers. So I'm going to continue with that streak and pick them again. Fingers crossed they get it for me. Um, And then the next game I have is Cowboys and Giants. Um, I really like how Dak is playing. Like he's reading defenses, he's making adjustments, he's doing all this pre-snap decision-making, um, he's doing all these mid-play decision-making that is good decisions, where to throw the ball, he's running the ball a little bit, he looks so comfortable in the backfield um, and his offense is completely stacked. He's got, you know, Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield and then they've added Tony Pollard as second running back to change it up a little bit. And their receiving core is huge too. So I just, you know, Daniel Jones is having a good season. Um, Saquon Barkley is slowly building back up. I don't think he's quite there yet. Um, So I think the Cowboys are going to take this one. Um, Then next one is Cardinals and 49ers. This is another division rival. Like even though we've seen the 49ers go down to a not-so-great Seahawks, they played some good football. Um, Even though Jimmy Garoppolo went out at halftime and Trey Lance had to come in and finish out the game in the second half, um, they, like Barker said, they put up the yards and they made the plays. They just couldn't quite finish. So I'm picking the 49ers as my underdog team this week to go against the Cardinals, the 4-0 Cardinals. Someone's got to take them out. And if it's going to be anyone, I think it's going to be a division rival. Might not be the 49ers, but I'm picking them this week because they're my underdog. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, And then the last game I have is the Raven and the Colts. And I feel like I say this every week. Lamar Jackson is unstoppable at the moment. He is the Ravens. Like there's no one else on the offense, right? It's Lamar Jackson. Um, and coming up against the Colts, they're just, I don't know. The Ravens are on a three-game winning streak and 
yeah, I think they're going to make it four. So I'm sticking with the Ravens. And what I love about it is like the teammates are coming to the press conference being like, remember the time when you guys said that our quarterback couldn't throw the football? Well, yeah, looking a little bit silly now because whilst we've been impressed with his legs, yeah, Lamar is, uh, well, he's, he, he's, he's a special player. All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. I just want to thank my amazing panel as they always bring the heat uh, talking all things NFL. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends, find us on social media. We are available on all platforms. And until next week, we'll see you then.